Welcome to Afros in the Diaspora. My name is Sarah. I am your host. And together we will vent, rant, laugh, and cry as we discuss the highs and lows of being an immigrant. Stay tuned for stories that will inspire, inform, entertain, and give hope. This is Afros in the Diaspora. to another episode of Afros in the Diaspora and today we have Miss Francesca all the way from Nigeria but based right here in Calgary. How are you? I'm okay, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Glad to have you here. I'm happy to be here too. Yes, we're going to we're going to dive right into our icebreakers. Are you ready? I remember you saying that you're a history buff when it comes to Nigerian history. So I'm about to test it. And it won't be that crazy. Don't worry. I'll, I'll still, I'll temper justice with mercy, okay? <laughs> he could me, oh, my body did shake. Oh. Ah. <laughs> okay, okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, so with the icebreakers, I'm going to start with something, not, not the history stuff yet, but we'll start with. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I'm Nigerian. You're Nigerian. Mm-hmm. We both grew up with Nigerian parents. So mm-hmm. I want you, what Nigerian mom or African mom or black mom sayings do you remember your mom saying to you? A prime example would be if you grab something, if your mom sends you to bring something and you have the temerity <laughs> to ask, where should I what keep it? <laughs> <laughs> you have the audacity <laughs> on my head. Put it on my Just head. Put it, and they will point right <laughs> in the center of their head too. Put it on my head. Put yes. it on my head. Yes. <laughs> so do you remember? I find it at yep. all. Do you remember any ones growing up? Or uh, um, of course, there's the very often don't eat outside. Oh yeah. Um, don't talk to strangers. Um, how? Which one would I say? My mommy. Mommy T. What did Mommy T used to say, Lotto? This one, I don't know. I think it's more Yoruba parents that say it, but I have the perfect answer. I did not kill my mother, so you will not kill me. You know, hey! my, my mom is from Delta State. She said the exact same thing, too. <laughs> she said Yoruba all I, the time. I did not kill my parents. You will not kill me. <laughs> yep. And it's a weird whisper, too, when they say it. Yeah. They don't shout that particular statement. They don't shout it. You'll just bring it down, and which I mean, th- that means it's dangerous. That means <laughs> <laughs> that's the last before anything is about to come outside. Yeah, that's like the final warning you're gonna get. <laughs> exactly. Like all the time. Yeah. No, that one very familiar too. Um, I, another thing I know, I don't, I, I know this is not just Nigerian moms. I think Nigerian mm-hmm. parents or African parents or Black parents would do this. Um, no matter where you are in the entire house. <laughs> don't forget of who you are don't forget you know of course yes there's that but that remote that is a a right there <laughs> you know what the remote control is right there but they will call you from upstairs downstairs the kitchen let the me not lie against mommy tola i don't think my mommy really did that wow let's give that one to her that she did that's the first time I'm hearing. <laughs> no, honestly. And also, I guess maybe because I was in boarding school for the most part. Oh, yeah. I was never really home, like boarding school to campus and then to live in the country. Mm-hmm. Who does she want to see to be telling to come and bring something that is beside her? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if you're, if you're crying too much, my friend, if you don't stop crying, I'll give you something mm-hmm. to cry about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just used to cover my face. I said, please. <laughs> By the time... No, my mom would use this thing where she's shouting at you or she's like, we're obviously having some sort of conflict and you are crying because I'm not very confrontational. So, tears is my only distance. Did I beat you? Why are you crying? If you did not beat me, why would I be crying? Or if the thing you are saying is not crying, why would I be crying? What am I supposed to do? Hey, or um, since you are big enough now to beat me, you are beat me. As you are you are beat me. One is legendary. <laughs> that's that's and that yeah. always happens like when you get a little bit older, you, you're now in secondary school, or eh, since you are now big, you're not growing breast at B. You can also oh, grow yeah. wings. Come on, beat Come me. Come on, beat me. <laughs> Wahala. Wahala. 
Valhalla Pro Max. Oh, and I'm someone that I really enjoyed like music as a kid. So mm-hmm. I, in the middle of the night, I'll go and on Trace TV. I'll go and be listening wow. to music. Yes. I'll go and be listening to music. And then, you know, so that when I get back to school, I'll be like, oh, have you heard this song? Oh, have you heard this song? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. That's what it was. That's what it was. But, you know, so like when they're playing music and I'm singing along and I'm doing the dance, because like I've always enjoyed doing that stuff. My mom would just look at me and say, hmm, I hope you know your book. The way you are knowing all these songs. The lyrics to this song. All this dancing that you're dancing. I hope this is how you used to dance when you see your exam question. No, honestly, I wish my own came more like that, right? My own was that when she was shouting, she would bring it up. She would just say, if it's your book now that they ask you to, to read the way you are singing all this song, you'll not be able to say it. I'm like, ah, yeah. yes. can I not breathe? <laughs> what did I do? Please. Can I not breathe? No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. no, like, shout out to African parents, man. They they do the best that they can. They, they just do not want you to, you know. Yeah. They don't yeah. want you to be left behind or, you know, not... Especially when that Nigerian frustration hits them. Mm-hmm. Some don't know what they are saying or me what they are saying. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, amazing. Okay, so we're going to get into the trivia since we have a... We, ha- we have a buff with us, a history trivia buff. The champion conqueror, the lion, is here. <laughs> exactly. Zobu, Zobu. Question. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm just going to ask you a few questions okay are you ready i think so you think so or you know so mr Baji, i promise you i'm the best student you ever had i i love the <laughs> principal of you too okay so. who is mrs Ogbaji? <laughs> that was my history teacher in high school that was your history teacher. oh i'm just going to ask like trivia questions about nigeria don't worry it's okay. not necessarily history okay are you ready yes i'm ready okay what is the capital of Kwara State? Yeah. Lokoja. Nope. Hey, blood of Jesus. Quara. E. Loring. Yeah, Okay. So, um, what was General Babangida's position before becoming president? <laughs> eh? hey, hey, I can give you everything else about IBB. Apart <laughs> from that, I swear to God. Apart from Actual, that. 1983. You think a structure, every other thing, the fights, the up and down, everything. Ask me, but you see that before. I don't know. Chief of army. He was the chief of army staff. Now, what if you do could be that now? Of yes. Course. Yes. <laughs> okay. Huh? So, in what year did Nigeria adopt the naira currency? This is a guess. Actually, I want to say 1963 because. It's close. close. It's a... it's... Just change one number there and you got it. Eh, it will. 64, 62. 73. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she said sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, because I know like we became, if, you know, the Federal Republic, whatever. But before that, under like the British Kini, we were still using like pounds, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Easy. So um we know that naira is is um the currency of Nigeria, right? Yeah. 1 naira is you know how 100 cents is $1. Mhm. 100 dash is 1 naira. Kobo. Eh, kobo 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 kobo. You want the white. In the recently concluded Afcon. Mhm. What? <laughs> <laughs> what position did your motherland come and who carried the gold medal we were first if they want to deny it that's their edit ah. we're, we're in the you know where you go and check the online now you see that we became second even though it's not true then ah. <laughs> I won't call they are the one that took first okay. Shut up. it's all love but um Nigeria still won. Nigeria still won. Okay. I thought I was Ghana too because don't worry, I'm still coming for you. Oh, you're oh you're coming for Ghana. Yeah, my Ghanaian friends know it's a safe space, but it's not. Ah, <laughs> <Go on. laughs> Oh my days. Okay, thank you for indulging with me in those questions. You got like average. Okay, 
do you want another few questions or i because i wanted to make it easy for you truly i have to redeem this image you have to <laughs> okay let's yeah. see um who is lord lugard who is lord lugard mm-hmm. i really hate that word but yeah, yeah. he is the Kinikal Kinikal Amalgamated Nigeria in 1914. Well, the Northern and Southern Protectorate. So, who he was the African colonial governor, you're right. Um, so, who named Nigeria? Flora, wife, his mistress is named Sasha, not be called. Oh, his hoe? That is not be me talking about. But she, <laughs> but she named the country and what was what was it called previously before it was Niger- named? Yeah. And then it came together to be Nigeria. Yeah, okay, Niger- okay. You know a couple things. You know who was the first governor gen no, who was the first president of Nigeria and when did Nigeria um go into democracy? See. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. President technically was in Azikiwe, right? But um, there was also like the people that were in charge of the different um, places. So there was Tafawa Balewa, Obafemi uh, Awolowo, uh, and the rest. Mm-hmm. But democracy itself, I that's kind of debatable. I'm not really sure. I want to say like 1960 as well, but we had like all these many coups because. Yeah. Was short lived, so it wasn't until I think it was 1999 or 2000 when Olusegun Obasanjo. So that's in the Fourth Republic, yeah. Yeah, they attempted it a few times, but I guess I guess the fourth time around it stuck. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Three times the charm. Yeah, four, yeah. <laughs> four times the juju. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I heard it myself. Hey, clap for yourself, clap for yourself. Good job. <laughs> All right, so now let's get into our topic for today. Yes. And we're just going to gist about what it is to be the firstborn child or the first daughter in a Nigerian home. And, yeah. you know, let's get into it. Um, and before we dive into the, the juicy meat of that topic, mm-hmm. just give us a little a little um, idea of your immigration story of, you know, when you moved okay. to Canada and how long you've been here kind of thing. Oh, okay. Well... All my fans, all my listeners at home, as you do have here already, my name is Francisca Ajaye. Some of you know me as a detailer, it depends on who you ask. Okay. Um, I came here in 2018. Um, I had just finished like my first year in Babcock University and then I jackpot. Um, I came here as a student, obviously, finished from the University of Calgary officially last year november so so far so good by august this year that will be six years a whole secondary school term um six years that i've been in canada um what else i work right now in like the social social work industry um kind of have a little bit of flair for it but i'd say my passion is more in history governance politics you know i think that's where my juices are but yeah that's awesome because i'm the opposite that's where my juices are not not (laughs) in politics lord god no i feel that it's it's pretty tiring like mentally it's like draining draining i feel i feel like i'm a little bit of a bleeding heart because i don't even watch the news i cannot handle it i like yeah, it's too much for me. Like I'll be in my bed all day crying about what is going on in the world. Like I, I, I used to, I used to try to listen to the news, and even on days where the news hunts me down on Instagram, I just the rest of my days ruined because yeah. I, can't, I can't do anything mentally. I'm, I'm, I'm. My heart just is broken, and yeah. I just moves. Yeah. Um, I think, like honestly, to some extent, you have to lose emotions when it comes to things like this. Or you just learn every day to grow a tough skin and just like, because I'm currently in a phase where I'm also like disconnecting. Mm-hmm. I see you, I act like, but sometimes it's hard, right? Like yeah. with ignorance and people like spreading fake news and the real things that are going on, it's just like, where does this end? It's kind of, 
it's a lot it is and the fact that like most news stations have an agenda yeah so you don't yeah. really know what you're hearing i don't really know no. what the truth is which is what why does free look like i don't think we've ever met her what is who free press look like free, I don't ooh. Ooh, free press oh okay i'm not gonna speak on that <laughs> Just off for me, sorry, sorry. Uh, but 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 I do like that's mm-hmm. the beauty of social media is because people in these spaces get to speak up for themselves and be like, "Yo, this is what's happening in our country." Yeah. You get to see like you know people report you know in what's happening time. in real time for themselves to the world. So yeah. then it becomes a little bit more tricky for the news yeah. to negate what people that are yeah. there are saying, you know, and and that that's that's. Yeah, so when, when you start to see clashing news, like what people there are saying versus what the news, like CNN or yeah. whatever those you know news broadcast stations are mm-hmm. saying, when when they start to differ, then you're like something is not adding up. Yep. You know. Yeah. And I think as Nigerians, we know a lot about that, right? Because like we constantly see, like things we experience versus what you see on the news, and they're like, well, politically, this is what it actually is, and I'm like, are you, are you, are you? Politically. Are you? Anyways, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay, let's get. Back. We've talked a lot about so many things. Let's get back to our topic. Okay. Um, but yeah, Francisca, you are the first child or first daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm my mom's first child. Um, my dad had two kids before he got married to my mom, and so I'm in the in the sequence of things. Um, I'm the third, mm-hmm. but technically, I'm, I'm, I, technically, I'm my mom's first child. And um, it was a while before my older siblings came and started living with us. So for a while, like, and very much my mom still looks at me as her first child and all the all that. But what can you say has been the most rewarding parts of being a first daughter, first child? Mm, um, so I'm the firstborn of four children. I have two brothers and a sister. And I really think that in total, watching everybody's growth, maybe it's just me, but I tend to just like always sit back and think very deeply about like my parents and my siblings and where at least the things I know about them, their history, their past, who they were and who they are becoming. And it's like, Watching people grow is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the heights because if we talk about them, that's just a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. But like seeing them, like their personality, their attitude, like the way they think, you know, evolve and change. I think that's probably one of the most rewarding. But apart from the fact that I can eat meat plenty, robots mm-hmm. <laughs> allow me now. I can eat meat plenty, but like you know, it's yeah, it's very. And then there's also the fact that people kind of respect you. You know, it's like, ah, you know, now you two, you're not a child anymore. You're grown or, mm-hmm. you know, you are before everybody else. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Does it necessarily listen to you? No, but at oh. least they... So, you, you, got, <laughs> you got the opportunity to say something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what I'm about to know, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I second that 100%. Like, seeing everyone's growth. Like, my last brother, the last child of our house, mm-hmm. um, we legit cleaned this guy's pampas. And now he's doing, <laughs> he's doing big boy all over the place. I don't know. Like... <laughs> definitely that growth is something it's 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 definitely like sometimes i'll just be looking i'm like is it not you is it not you like this you You that bro you that you just used to poopoo everywhere (laughs) now you want to be equally in shoulder with me now you're doing big bad big bad because your voice your voice is not deep you want to be doing your your, your. (laughs) my my second brother i'm just looking at that boy all the time like keep going i'm in front So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely second that. Seeing everyone's growth and seeing everyone's like evolution. There's also, of course, the seniority that comes in many yeah. African homes or Nigerian homes, where like you know you get to choose your food first, or you get to choose things first. You get the luxury of you know yeah. you know of making choices first, and then mm-hmm. the last born or the younger ones are left with whatever. 
um, or the biggest piece of meat or, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Like that's, that's nice, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's responsibilities and I'm sure as we talk, we'll talk about other, you know, perks, I guess, of being, yeah. um, being the firstborn or first daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you say with regards to like res- the responsibility of being the first daughter, the first child, Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that, okay, I've had to, you know, step up in these areas for my siblings or my family kind of thing? Um, definitely. Um, I think, first of all, so just to like give some context, I'm the kind of person who doesn't do well with conflicts generally. Like I, I just, I'm very utopian as a person. I like the idea of peace and everything just being perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the reality of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a firstborn, actually, as a first grandchild, also on both ends. Oh lord, okay. Um, you have the mantle on you. <laughs> is 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 as in is very serious. Oh, Opoga mm-hmm. is very plenty. Yeah. Um, it's kind of nerve wracking when you see things that need to be done. Mm-hmm hear things that need to be said or just generally like you just always have to take on that responsibility like you just always have to be in front you always have to you in fact there's almost no space for you to not be brave or not be courageous if that makes sense like you have to be there you have to be prim you have to be proper you need to be ready because there's so many people counting on you and you know it's like if anything happens financially mentally physically you know you're good too so it's like yeah you live for yourself but you also don't you and i think maybe also as a girl there's the there's the second nature of being a mother that just comes out of you even without having kids you're just at the point of compassion for everyone so much that you don't even realize when you burn out just giving and giving and giving and spilling and you know and there is nothing more left for you so i'd say just having to be there you know how like people make this joke of how as an adult the worst part is that you could be having a terrible day and you still have to show up i think it doubles more as a firstborn in so many ways you know when everybody's just looking up to you to some extent to be like the go-to guy or just always be ready ever got it i agree with that because again like as the firstborn i from a very very young age <clears throat> excuse me from a very young age i was responsible for baffing my siblings and getting them ready for school like we i like i'm <laughs> the the age difference between myself and my next two siblings is one year Mm. so like there was me my sister my brother back to back and then yep and then my mom waited about five years before the last born but the the age difference is not a lot by by any means but i was responsible i was responsible for getting these other two showered ready for school you know and i'm like i I need i need someone to get me ready for school like looking back at it i'm just like mother well i was a like i was a kid too but but that's but that was it right because there was just a lot going on my mom also had to get the food ready get our uniforms ready so like everyone had to pick up some sort of role and responsibility and so you know that was it you know you just kind of have to you're in you you gotta gotta you know, help out and, and support, mm. you know, as the first child, especially from, from whatever age, it, it just, it gets passed on like that. Yep. Um, and that is definitely the case. I know in a lot of like uh, homes, <laughs> people I've talked to, like uh, there's a lot of like mirrored experiences with be- between a lot of Nigerians. I can speak for Nigerians because, you know, that's mm-hmm. where we're from. But mm-hmm. like, you know, that idea of responsibility from a very, very young age, like from mm-hmm. a young age, you're in the kitchen like you are washing plates and you are <laughs> learning to cook and you're helping out that, in the kitchen that you are shaking yep and you are it's gonna break it's 
instructor. You know, you're helping out in the kitchen. You're already learning how to do boil small water. things, at least boil I, water, cook indomie for yourself. I used to, I like it just that indomie was the first thing I learned to cook. Indomie, oh, nice, quick, and simple. And I was about six, seven. <laughs> I egg, then water. No, actually, it was water, then egg, then eba, then beans before rice. Oh. In the me, I just use common sense. Oh, ma, no, that one, mom just like put it in water, it's like just sharp, sharp, it's just ready. Quick you know, rest. so yeah, like, so I think I learned beans was an interesting one for me to learn because I learned it not quick enough. Uh, <laughs> I did not learn beans quick enough at all. And beans gave me a headache because the first time I cooked it, it's not easy to cook, like, it just takes a lot out of you. It takes <laughs> And like in Nigeria, you have to pick the beans. So you're starting from pick. So I we used to pick the beans, pluck the vegetables, like do all those things, all those things as kids. Yeah, my mom, my mom would give all of us, like myself, my brother, my sister. She would give us, she give us little trays and tell us just go and sit down there and pick beans. Like if we're bothering her, if we're making noise and breaking things, okay, just go and pick beans. It wasn't a punishment, but it kind of felt like a punishment. You are coming back from school sometimes to pick beans. Yeah. Because oh, that's what you are going to cook. So yeah, that's try- for dinner. Pew, pew. Or yeah. or if or if you're making moi moi, you pick the beans. Oh no, you don't you don't need to pick beans for moi moi. You wash, no. you gotta soak it. So Scrub. then you are scrubbing. Oh lord. <laughs> but you know, like um, and you know, thankfully I had uh, like a big cousin. We used, cause she mm-hmm. was way so much older than me. We used to call her auntie. Um. But she came with my mom and, and she came to stay with us. So she kind of helped us out here and there and, and with a lot of things. But um, yeah. I just remember like the responsibility, like you kind of sort of have to grow up because as she's doing something, you still have to be doing something else. There's always something to do. There, not that you be watching. Yeah, you know, you're not just going to sit down. And, and of course, we obviously would have moments where you just go and sit down and make breakfast or whatever. But yeah. it's, like, it's not like you're a slave at home by no means, you know, but you are definitely responsible to yep. a large extent. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, what would you, how would you um, say that like it has affected you in your process? Cause you moved, you're in Canada now. Do you have like any of your siblings here with you? Ah, two of them. <laughs> two hefty boys that are parading the old place. Okay. That will not hear, let the word hear word. But, um, yeah so how do you like find time i guess because it took some time and intentionality for me personally to learn to be you know kind of assert boundaries even with my mom like sometimes my mom will say ah you know you have your mom because i also have two brothers here (laughs) i also have two brothers here so like i know one annoying thing is that I'm busy with a billion things. Yeah. But it's very, very easy for my mom to add it to my plate. Oh, just do it. I'm like, mother, you have two other kids here. Please ask them to do it. And no, no, no. You just just do it now. You know you're their big sister. You're their mommy there. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are their mother. I do not have kids yet. Please. <laughs> just for context, I know the viewers can't see, but I'm tearing my shirt right now. As <laughs> my man wants to blow. I you know, actually, I'm going to say this first. It was this Christmas. I, like, she would always say it as a joke and I would always respond. And I still, like, she still makes jokes like that. But I had to tell my mommy, I'm like, I am not the mom of your boys. The reality is is this. As she's thinking, it is exactly what she means. The things she would do, the sacrifices she would make, the way she would talk to them and everything is exactly how she expects me to deal with them. And I, like, I had to tell her, I was like, no, I'm not. And I think the day I said it, it wasn't like we're fighting or anything, but of course then I began to like rant about everything. It's like, I'm not their mom they have money let them spend their money on themselves they want to eat let them get up and go to the kitchen they want to do xyz like let them be pro- the idea of being a mommy even is not now that your children should be handicapped or they should not be useful for themselves like let's even start from there that's just no right but i'm like i'm i'm not their mom and it's not because i don't want to be it's because i really am not i don't have kids yet 
And I would like to save myself to when I have kids, really, so that they can also experience me and enjoy me as a mom, not as a, how do I put it, support role playing mom. Because if I've already been a mother to people all my life, then what exactly, do I, I don't know if that makes sense, but what exactly do my kids mm-hmm. first experience? But just even to like generally answer your question, definitely there is the expectation that you just like carry everything and i think it's worse that they even teach them also to to you know how do i put it they also think that way today today they're like oh um my sister is there my sister is there i'm grateful though that i've had i have brothers that I, I think we all matured very quickly. I, I do not explain, but I think we did. Maybe it's the way we grew up, but we had to mature very quickly. So even in our time of, oh, I have a sister there or whatever, they still, most times they're still going to have like their own plan, have their own thing doing, have like whatever for themselves. So I think I'm, I'm grateful to them. And I have such a strong relationship with my brothers that, I tell them literally almost everything and we talk about almost everything, right? We're so comfortable with each other. That way, um, because I'm a very big believer in dialogue, I don't like to, I would rather talk through things all the time. So that way they have an idea all the time. Okay, this is where Ronike, that's what they call me. This is where Ronike is at mentally, right? Like this is what Ronike wants or this is how Ronike feels about this or whatever. So they know, they always know. Mm. And even when they are coming to me for my opinion or for advice or whatever, they already know what they are coming to get most times. Mm -hmm. But they know that they cannot get to me and I will not give them a solution or break myself until I find an answer. So um, I think that I had to be very intentional with the boundaries. I had to be intentional, like I said, like talking through with them, but also being very proactive. So I moved out. Um, I have a roommate. I moved out last year. My brothers are here, but they live with family. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, when I was having a conversation with my parents, I remember saying to them, like, because there was a talk of, oh, if you move out, your brothers want to move out too. There's this and there's that. And I said to them, I, I literally said to them, I said, no, I'm moving out because I need this time for myself. I need to be able to live by myself. Mm-hmm. Wake up, think about myself. Think about the food I am eating. Think about how I want, like, my space to look like. Like, I need that me time. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't have it, these boys will not be getting anything. And very truthfully, like when we're living together, even though it it was reduced, there were times that I was just always cranky. You'll see me, I'll just shout. You know, it was just very, it wasn't the best way for us to deal with And I had to like bring myself where I like, you know, I told them, it's like, it's not about you. I promise you, like me being angry and shouting, it's not really about you. It's that I also need my own, space Mm -hmm. so i had to be very intentional about i had to be very intentional about like making that space i'm very isolatory also by nature i like to keep to myself a lot Mm -hmm. um and i think that it's taught my parents also with the way they deal with me they a lot of in my family we don't really talk a lot we don't discuss things to say okay this is how it's going to be i think we just fall into practice (laughs) because of actions like my parents now They've also learned how to like deal with me, how to talk to me, how to manage me. Because before it used to be on my terms, on my terms. Now they look at me and they're like, oh, well, you're not really a child anymore. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, like you're taking care of yourself so well. And they're so marvelled because I don't say much. I don't always talk. I don't complain. If you bring to me, oh, Ronika XYZ, I'll say, okay, let's go. I, you know, I'm always there, ever ready. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So to them, they just marvel at the kind of person I am. They're just like, It'll be this one. <laughs> but it's also giving them like the space to respect me and so when when things happen, they say I'm stubborn. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. But when things happen, they're like, you know what? I don't think she's lying. I don't think she's silly. And yeah, I think I'm also grateful to have a space where we're allowed to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're not really expect <laughs> this is neither here nor there, but perfectionism is not an expectation for my parents or perfection is not an expectation for my parents. Mm. I, on my end, I'm a perfectionist. Mm. Obviously, this child, you have to, as my mom used to say then, if you're going to do something, anything that is worth doing is worth doing well. Mm. But that expectation is not very heavy from them. So 
yeah, there's a little bit that they played and there's a lot of work I also had to do, I guess, in that in that aspect. But yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel like, because I also live with uh, two brothers. Thankfully, mm-hmm. we all have our space, like our bedrooms, our bathrooms. <laughs> so we all have like our own, yeah. <laughs> our own privacy, which is great. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we're three adults, right? And so every everyone needs their own space and privacy and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're able to like cut cost in this in this in this in this um economy. in this economy you know <laughs> where i want to yeah. you know uh, you know pull it together i can cook and i know that no roommates will complain about the smell of my goosey or or my pounded yam or like i just know nobody's comp- like we all are this from I... the same culture so like it's um you know if i cook mm. i know that like they'll eat and the food will not waste never ever <laughs> right um oh, no. and you know things like that me too yeah because we're from the same culture okay, that's good. she's first born so there's more to bond over than there is to actually right yeah yeah so. that's awesome so like i i have observed in my time living with my brothers that like the way that i approach some things completely different and yes of course there's the gender factor the fact that i'm a woman so i will look at things one way and they're men they'll look at it a separate mm-hmm. way but i've like growing up Part of the first, the first child, first daughter struggle was you have to figure it out yourself. So before mm. you go to your mom or before I'll use myself as an example, before I'll go to my mom and say, mom, can you help me with this? I have tried A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I've tried all the options that my little yeah. mind can come up with. Before yeah. I say, okay, mommy, I've tried all sorts of ways. I can't do this. Can you help me? But my brothers will not even, they're just like, Sarah, do you know how to do this? And I'm like, have you tried it this way? Oh, oh yeah. That, ah, Sarah, you're smart though. Ah, you can say so. I'm like, what's wrong with this bombastic element? I know, right? <laughs> you know, like just interesting, like differences in the way that we approach life and approach, and approach, um, problems and like the layers with which i see things because i'm a lot i'm you know i'm the age that i am i'm a young woman Mm -hmm. um and uh and i've i've like you know whether we like it or not like there's trauma there's childhood trauma growing Mm -hmm. up and i've i've had to face Mm -hmm. a lot of that in my own like life process and i've had you know conversations with my mom about some of her choices when we were younger some Mm -hmm. of the choices that she made and whether it's how she chose to discipline us or you know talk to us or or whatever the case may be I've had conversations with her about like why did you do this and why did you make Mm. the choice to do that and um because of this choice that you made this is how it impacted me as your child and this is how I felt and blah 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 and so um I'm you know thankful for the growth and maturity that it has and healing lord healing that it has taken for us to you know get to that point and get to this level here where we're we're good friends now and and like parents would say that there are different phases of parenthood parenthood and you know as the as your child gets older you're no longer necessarily the parent that's trying to impose like Mm. oh you have to do it this way because i know you fail if you do it that way now i kind of have to make my mistakes and figure it out myself so you're parenting but it's more from offering suggestions and advice and oh think about this and you know maybe Mm. this is a good way to go about it and also i'm Mm. kind of stubborn so like i will do it the way i want to do it anyway (laughs) (laughs) so So, like my mom my mom knows now how to like Mm -hmm. navigate communication with me because if she tells me oh no no no, if you do like that i'm like first of all hold on what if and then i and i ask a billion questions those that know me know i i'm a very inquisitive and curious person Mm -hmm. in my artistry and just as a human being and so like the way that i approach things different (laughs) but like yeah yeah but it has it's so interesting to see how the parenting has evolved over Mm. over time how i was parented by my mother versus how she Mm -hmm. parented my last born you know what i mean i feel like the last borns kind like always have it easier like the parent like my mom wore out all her energy flogging us that when the last child came there was no energy to flog that that's that's human being i won't say this is a theory i mean i think it's just very obvious but there's a reason why they call the first of anything a guinea pig you are really like the experiment Mm -hmm. um i'm happy that you were able to have these conversations with your mom 
I don't think we had the conversations, but I think it's something we all know. There are things, of course, there are a lot of things I can't even say here, but there are things that happened that I I still have memories of them, but I never had to open my mouth to say to my mom, like, how did you do X, Y, Z? And why did you treat me like this? Like, she herself, maybe it was the distance. Because to be very honest, when I left Nigeria, the anxiety I had, mm. and this is I hope, probably the most vulnerable I can be here, but like the anxiety I used to have talking to my mom on the phone was ridiculous. Mm. I would go weeks, probably once a month, and I would call her. And even then, I would like, no mental preparation was ever enough. I would, my heart would be beating everything because it's like, oh, what is she about to bring us now? What is she about to argue about? What is she about to look for as a problem, right? But I didn't think about like, now I'm not with her. So those things can't happen. So it was like a few times I would even call her. If she was not angry about the fact that she felt like I wasn't talking to her, she was just generally sad that I wasn't talking to her at all. So it wasn't until we bridged that gap where she now became like she by herself. She literally came, she's like, I don't know what I did. Um, or oh, I have some idea of the things I've done. I know, you know, X, Y, Z things may have happened, but I'm sorry. Like mm. you're now she calls me her sister and her friend. She don't call me her daughter anymore. Yeah. So now she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, you know, and honestly, our history, our background, there are a lot of things that played factor into these things. That's, I think we do not need to have a lot of these conversations because as the kind of person I am also, like I said, I sit down and I think, I know my mom's background, I know her history, mm-hmm. even her growing up, I know my dad's. I understand the reason why my mom did a lot of the things she did with us because she did not know better mm-hmm. also way she grew up but there was also my dad who as the provider was working and everything he also was not there so he was not there to like in my own case it was not a matter of oh your mommy is acting this way and then there's your daddy to cool it down right because daddy is working if he comes home once every two weeks or once every month then that's when he'll be like "Ah, you know let's let's try and talk to these children like this or let's try you know that was when Mm -hmm. things were seemingly but how often not very much Mm -hmm. and like i said with boarding school and campus and everything there was not a lot of that peacemaking calm whatever so Mm -hmm. for me it was always heat 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 and having of course as the firstborn receiving most of most of those things my brothers too got it to some extent so i there's two years there's four of us so it's me two years before the next one two years after that one before the next one and then six years between the third one and the fourth Mm -hmm. one i noticed that as at when he got to the third born everything about my parents changed he till this day he still has last born syndrome and he's not the last born if you hear this, I'm saying you are hearing me very loud. <laughs> he last born syndrome and he's not the last born. That's, that shows you how watered down the heat, mm-hmm. you know, how things had changed. Yeah. And for them, I remember like sitting down one day and the, one of the thoughts that came to my mind was, it's not like your mom and dad knew what it was to be parents. It's not like there's a manuscript. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were parents before. Yep. They were doing what they thought was best. Yes. And I feel like my mom was also coming from the point of view that, oh, this is how I grew up. I don't want that for my children. And even though that was not what really happened, she could not really reconcile. It's like she didn't even know what it meant to be in a different upbringing environment Mm -hmm. or how to be a different parent. So I remember like growing up, I used to say to my brothers all the time, I said, I never want to be a mommy like mommy. Mm -hmm. I never want to be a mommy like mommy. Now... I would take those words back mm. because I do want to be a mom like my mom. I don't want to do the things she did, but I want to sit down and be honest with myself, mm. right? There are ways I grew up. I don't want my children to grow up that way. And that's how I deal with my brothers in my own idea. Like, I think I'm already even parenting with the way I deal with my brothers, my cousins, you know, like the way I talk to them, the way I handle them. Hardly would you hear me raise my voice. Hardly would you hear me like, 
use certain words or I'm me, I'm not even up for beating. I've tried to slap people before I used to miss. <laughs> I don't know how to, but of course, you know, everything needs to be balanced, right? So it's it's the fact that they don't know how to be parents, but by the time they have one and they see their parenting technique on one and they say, ah, it be like say I don't so strong for this one, may I soft hand for this one. Mm-hmm. Then they have the other one, I don't so soft for this one. May I not too strong, but may I not so soft for this next yeah. one. Then they begin to get it. Yeah. Then in our own case, where you have your last one that is a year later, mm-hmm. they are not even parents again. Because <laughs> right on holiday, in their own man, ah, we finished, okay, you know. Then this last one comes. My mom, she will tell me all the time, This is your daughter. Ah. I don't have me. I'm done. I'm now a CC. I say I don't know what you mean. She said CC. That's what she says. She's like, ah, me. I'm done. I finish. I finish everything. Out, clinical and upbringing. This is your daughter. You better, you know. So like, you, she would even be calling to reports. Ah, your sister said clinical, clinical. Your sister clinical, and I'm looking at her. <laughs> what are you telling me? What your daughter told you? <laughs> talk to her. Or talk to her. And then you know, I still hear her sometimes. She's like, eh. There are things she used to say or do before. She's like, okay, maybe before it was, I didn't agree to it, but like the idea or the concept I stand by. I'm like, you know what? I respect that. It's okay for you to have your opinion on how things work. I don't have a problem with that. But maybe the way you go about it, the approach is the issue. So yeah, definitely like parenting changes for them from what they have, like what they knew was parenting, what they experienced was parenting to you know, now bringing it on like their own children and also the fact that children are not the same. Mm-hmm. So the way they will treat you, if they want to do the same thing for your brother, it will it not will work. work. Yes. My own last bone. The strong hand they use for my brother, uh, sorry, the third bone, the stronger they use for my first one, for me and the second bone. If they use it for him, maybe things will be different. But he's so str- his head is so strong. You don't, you don't hear what that boy don't hear what you don't. <laughs> He don't, he's the only one that has, like, I really take a lot of courage from him. He's the only one that has the confidence that I look forward to in this life every day. Mm-hmm. Right? So, but they have to decrease for him to increase in that sense, I, if that I makes sense. I completely hear you. Yes. They have to, you know, really reduce for him. Me, I'm not, well, I think I've learned confidence. My brother too has. But they gave him that trait. They kind of raised him with it mm. because they wanted to make sure that, okay, it was a better space. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's neither here nor there with these things. Yeah. I mean, like there's no, there's no, um, manual. Kids, yeah. kids don't come with manuals. Kids don't come with, okay, this is the five step method of how to raise this human being. Like nobody, comes with that right and parents literally truly for the most part i mean there are some people who are intentionally abusive this this does not include them um but good parents do the best that they truly can and sometimes what they have what they have to draw from is trauma sometimes they don't they truly do not know any better and like you said right like parents would want their kids to have a better life better opportunities like for you you will not spoil your future will not be bad you will not you know all these things and and they will do their best to raise you to be responsible and at the end of the day like they can only do so much because kids are human beings who can make their own choices in life to be and do whatever they want to do and that really truly does not always reflect back on the parents right because yeah. um, a kid can choose to be a cultist and they are a pastor's <laughs> child like you know yeah. people can people yeah. can choose to you know regardless of their environment that they grow up in mm-hmm. people can literally make the choices that they want to make for their lives but i completely hear you it's like they've not been parents before and they're you know mm-hmm. by and large doing the best that they can and i i um yeah it's 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 very it's it it's has helped me and it helps me every day because like the more i live like in my own personal healing journey just you know as a yeah. in general in like all that life has thrown my way um <laughs> i i <laughs> i i've started to learn that like a lot of the things we face and how we face life and how we deal with relationships and in the workplace our confidence our sense of self most of that comes from childhood 
Yeah. And if your childhood is not the best, then all of that is broken, right? So now mm-hmm. as a as a you have to start repairing those parts of yourself to be better, to have yeah. more higher self esteem and blah 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 blah, all that, you know, um, maybe missing, right? Um, yeah. And I I have it has really helped me to see or to just understand that parents are humans too. They are human beings too who have also been hmm. punched and kicked <laughs> by life. And are truly doing the best that they can as human beings, not to now mention yeah. being responsible right? for other other lives. <laughs> like you're responsible for moving. Yeah. That is not like it's not even just their children, it's like siblings, mm-hmm. like also the firstborn in his family. Mm-hmm. Um that's a different story. Uh but you know, like even when it comes to like siblings and everybody's like their kids too that they don't really know what they're, they really, I, I think the biggest lesson I took from my parents is trial and error, mm-hmm. trial and error. Like you can only be so cautious your whole life and there is no assurance that things are going to work the way you want, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Error is such a big, big thing yeah. for my own parents, so yeah. Yeah, and, and like, yeah. I feel like in life in general, like, I used to be like, oh, as soon as I figure life out, well, bruh, I'm still, I, I'm not close. I'm no closer to figuring. <laughs> Every time you find the answer, something's going to Another start question is coming up. Like, you think you know, and now you're confused. Like, yeah. that's literally how it is. But back to what I was saying earlier, um, uh, even as, like, at my age, where, you know, where are my grandchildren? Those questions are starting to come <laughs> up. And, you know, <laughs> Valentine is coming. <laughs> Just shout out to everybody, because I'm going to off my social media tomorrow. All the social media, because tension have already started. <laughs> I'm not doing. Oh my days! But yeah, no, like even with dating and seeing what is out there and oh. the craziness that's out there, I've been trying to do a, a lot more, like um, oh. be more intentional uh, with like dating mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you start to see certain things, and and then I read somewhere that people people choose partners that reflect the dynamic of what they know growing up. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a goddamn minute. Hmm. What are you telling me? And then, you know, um, self-awareness, we thank God for self-awareness. I say all that to say that, like, as as imperfect as parents are, this is not at all to excuse, you know, um, um, bad judgment and mistakes that were made. But um, this is just to say that there are humans too, and they really truly do be gambling and just trying to figure it out and, and juggling. And you know, they because they're still humans, they need to take care of themselves. They still need to walk in their own purpose and live their own lives. But now they're responsible for kids and and raising lives and all of that stuff. So um, yeah. shout out to parents. I I I am a little nervous about what I'll be like as a parent. <laughs> Not gonna lie. <laughs> But um uh you see that dating pattern is a tale that won't end. I don't know, I really I don't know. I think well I'm also someone who is very religious, mm, spiritual, I'm not religious, please. Um I'm very spiritual. So for me it's like I'm the kind of person that you talk to, I'll say, let's just leave everything in God's hands. Because when I get to that point, for the most part, like I'm that is where I am first, but when I also say that, that's the part where it's like, I'm tired, I'm done, and I, I can't stress myself. Mm-hmm. I think I've also tried to be intentional with dating. There's a lot that needs to be done. Um, I think for myself, there, there are a lot of things I want to work on, but I also struggle with this, who says you can't heal and grow with somebody, and you have to be good enough for the person. It's too many things that's coming. Too much, yes. Ugh. There's also the idea of like, hyper independence <laughs> hyper independence i'm just good this is like a little joke the other day i was, <laughs> I was on tiktok and this person like posted the video of um when you've been single for too long and they said you know they like you know um the they got a text that said wake up baby and the person now responded saying don't tell me what to do and i'm like honestly i relate <laughs> <laughs> why what's your business okay and you know it's it's um it's 
you don't i don't think we i don't know sure I, honestly that that one's a little bit aggressive though i'm, I'm gonna say that it's, it's, yeah no of course but it's just showing that everything just eludes you is you're so busy wanting mm-hmm. to be perfect wanting to be ever ready ever guiding you know you want to be all of these things that mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard for you to this one for for a fact it's hard for you to bring your guard down when it comes to partners you know me one thing i do with is help i don't know how to take help from people hey god i don't know how to take help from people in fact if you do if you give me any form of help i almost begin to feel like anything that comes from you you're expecting not necessarily something back it's almost like you want me to indebt it's like and i'm very quick to i just become not aggressive but it's like I just want to fight because I think now that you feel like I'm in some form of chain to you, you know, that if you do X, I must also like fall or whatever. But I struggle with the idea of help a lot. Yeah. And it's it's just one of those things. Like you said, you, you know, your brothers are dear. Tara, can you help me with this? But you, you would have already thought of heaven and earth. You are already looking for ways. So mm-hmm. really hard to... And that's the whole idea of dating or marriage and love, right? Like, you have to keep reducing so that the two of you can increase together. And it's really hard. I don't know how to reduce. Reducing what? Like, you just... It's the whole idea of compromise, right? Like, I'm not saying you don't have to be yourself or anything, but it's that there are a lot of things that might not necessarily align, Mm -hmm. right? Me now, I don't like people helping me, but I still want you to show that you are thinking about me or that you are thinking about me. (laughs) How How does that make sense? No, tell me. Somebody yeah. say, oh, I was just thinking about you. I want to be like, oh, thank you, but I didn't need you to. Ah, please. <laughs> yes. so it's just, like... just say thank you and leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm more considerate. It's not that I, it's not that as it comes, I say, but. You say, yeah, you know, I get it, I get those, it. Like, it's, it's a lot of things that you have to unlearn. Yeah. When, and I, 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 I'm not the one that you will hear say something like this about this feminine masculine energy. I really hate that that topic. Yeah. Sorry to everybody out there. I really hate hearing it. But I do see and understand some of the things they see. You just don't know how to not be a firstborn when you're a firstborn. I think is what it is like. Yeah, and a lot of things play into it too. Yeah, like your family the type of family you're from mm-hmm. whether you know the culture you're from also plays into it your background plays into it upbringing yeah. plays into it um childhood plays into it uh so for me i think that like i don't know i it's it's all that i know at this point being a you know firstborn to an extent like i said i do have older siblings but yeah. um you know I, it's still it's something that me personally i'm just choosing choosing peace <laughs> and like if i'm not okay with something now i'll yeah. just say yo i'm i'm not okay with that much yeah. like if i'm like there's an open line of communication where i can just tell my mom or my dad as opposed to like growing up where, where i just felt like i had to do it right you know so just standing up for myself a little bit more of like yo i'm overwhelmed with my life right now i cannot yeah. add that to my plate mm-hmm. or you know get get somebody else to do it <laughs> like get one of your other two kids yeah. here to do it you know um but but yeah no like i i um i'm grateful at the end of the day for like because it does teach you responsibility it does teach you to grow up quick it teaches you how to take care of others teaches you how to be empathetic respectful you know like and sacrificial in a lot of ways and so there are definitely like pros but there are definitely cons to it right growing up too quickly and um being um sacrificial to the point of self-neglect um and you know all of those other things um but at the end of the day like all of the all of these things are what make us who we are and we can we can like the beauty of it is we can be intentional about putting ourselves forward Mm -hmm. putting ourselves first and building ourselves and building our confidence our voices and being able to speak up for yourself and to take up your own space as a human being which can be really hard when you kind of have to 
just say yes sir yes mommy yeah. yes mommy yes daddy like you know um every time and getting to a point even as you grow up and become an adult and mature and now you're able to have a conversation with your mom like well i how about we try it this way you yeah. know and kind of it becomes more of a give and take mm-hmm. um which is you know always always amazing when you can get there and your your family can get there as well so i think that sometimes we don't talk about the work that especially like as a female the mm-hmm. work that we do when it comes to retraining ourselves as firstborn, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people would understand better how to deal with us if those conversations are had more often. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like the things I'm saying now, like I have to unlearn hyper-independence to mm-hmm. some extent. Mm-hmm. I have to unlearn this idea of being indebted to people um, or just always wanting to take care of things and not like letting other people take care of things or just wanting to be logical and like orchestrating the whole thing, you know, be mm-hmm. the one hitting like, you know, that leadership traits that just always jumps out in you. Like, I wish we would talk more about how as a firstborn, there are a lot of things you need to unlearn, especially like depending on the kind of background you're coming from, with like trauma and healing and stuff, there is a lot of of work that mm-hmm. I think we do, especially mm-hmm. better people ourselves. Yeah. Just generally in the society, or even when it comes to having partners or friends, or because these things affect us more than we think. It's it's not even just about dating. It's like your friendship to like how do you deal mm-hmm. with it? how do you with how you work in the office, like you said, right? Like your confidence or just even just how you how you respond generally to everything. So I think we need to talk more about it. I think people need to talk more about what it generally means to be a firstborn, even though there's no like archetype when it oh, comes yeah. to you know, your experiences. We need to have conversations around it and talk about how to really deal with somebody that's trying to learn or heal because it's not as easy as it sounds. And this is not to downplay the work that everybody does into being better people themselves. I just, it's it's definitely, and I would imagine what like a firstborn boy would even say, you know, as because we were like, we're having these discussions. Of course, it's not easy for us, but you know, what your responsibility looks like. Somebody's already training you to be a protect a protector, provider. Yeah. In, from like when you are five, right? Like yeah. it's um it's it's draining. It, yeah, there's definitely a lot to it. And like you said, there's no archetype and there's no nothing that is set in stone. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have talked a lot about this today. I hope you can come back for a part two. Oh because this is juicy. You feel me? And we can also just talk history and we can actually just gist on the podcast. Definitely. If you call me, I answer five times. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, before you leave, just give us a word of wisdom hmm. that we can hold on to. Ancestors, spirits of my father, give me wisdom. Uh-uh. Personally, I am a very big believer in the fact that um, this life is not something you can do by yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. know God, love God, have people that you know and love in your corner and just like, take it easy on yourself that's my biggest like takeaway like be patient honestly don't ever stop being patient with yourself i'm not saying be too relaxed but be Mm -hmm. patient like be intentional about loving yourself it's not you wake up oh i'm so fine i love myself no like every part of you your wings your the things that you don't like, the things you love, the things that you're just, you don't feel anything about, like, take care of yourself. You, you, when everything, when all else feels, it's just you for you. Like, mm-hmm. be your biggest advocate and believer and lover and literally the world would adjust. I, I know, yeah. but this is not a joke. Like, once, the, the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so he is. Like, the way mm-hmm. you or the way you think about yourself, the way everything about you radiates is the way your reality and perception will be. So love yourself and that way you'll be able to love others and peace and blessings and love of Christ.
<laughs> you did it. <laughs> so um if you like, you can tell the people where they can find you on social media. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> I am on Instagram at cis.ca underscore Siska, you know from Francisca. Um TikTok is the same thing, but I don't do TikTok. In fact, if you go to my Instagram too, it's empty. If you just want to follow me, go there, you see, you know, sometimes I drop word of nuggets. Sometimes I just do, but for the most part, uh, you know, I try to go on and off. So yeah, follow me there if you want. Um, and watch out for some of the things I have to come by God's grace very soon. And yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you again, Francisca, for your time and for sharing with us. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm really grateful, really grateful for this opportunity to to speak and to share and even just to hear you also, like, you know, exchange this. It's really lovely. I love listening to the podcast. Um, amazing stuff. So thank you for making this space for us. Thank you. That's so great to hear. Um, and to our listeners, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>。Send an email to hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. That is hi at afrosinthediaspora.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at afrosinthediaspora. Remember, there is beauty in our stories and power in our voices. Together, we are stronger. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>